Hey girl, welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast, it's all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I am so excited that you're here for today's interview because we have on the show Sarah Pendrick. And I absolutely adore this woman and her heart. She is just a phenomenal person. And if you're not familiar with her backstory, she is the founder of Girl Talk Network, which is all about female empowerment. It's an entire lifestyle brand. She's got a nonprofit called the Girl Talk Foundation. She has a conference called Girl Talk Festival. And now she is releasing her first ever book, Beautifully Brave. And what's so cool is we actually recorded this interview right before her book was going to be released about a month prior. It's now available this week, uh, the date that this episode airs. Um, But it's cool to hear her just like explaining in real time how she's feeling. She's super authentic and transparent. We talk about change and growth and female friendships and even trauma and things that we've had to navigate through in our life to show up in a more brave, bold way. And if you're not familiar, you've never seen her around. She's been featured in all sorts of publications like Forbes, NBC, Entrepreneur, E. She was called an iconic woman creating a better world at the Women's Economic Forum. So she's done a lot in the world. And she's also going to just feel like she's your new best friend. Like you're going to feel like you're literally sitting, having wine, a spicy margarita, a cup of coffee, just hanging out with Sarah and I. So I cannot wait to hear what you think of today's interview. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Sarah, I am so excited that you're here. Welcome to the show, girl. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, You have an amazing book that's coming out and I feel so just honored to have gotten to even like look through it and to see like the magic that you're putting out into this world. It probably feels like you're kind of like birthing a baby. So tell us right now, um, I want to know how you're feeling currently. And then if you could just kind of give us a little bit of backstory of how you've got to this place where you're writing a book about all of these beautiful things that you're talking about um, for anyone that is not familiar with your story. Yeah, for sure. So gosh, the place that I'm in in this moment is I just finally got to hold the book in my hands like a couple of days ago. So it actually seems real, which is wild because you're writing a book. Or do you think you'll write a book ever? I do. I, I do. Feel like yeah. you will. Yeah. You're like, definitely. Um, so you, it's a whole process. Like you, whether or not you go self-publishing or publisher, you have like those two routes, then you have your proposal, then you're like writing and that's a whole journey. And then you're editing. It's like the craziest, longest most amazing and challenging journey ever. And then you're waiting. You're like, all right, well, I just worked my ass off and poured my heart out for so long. And now I'm I'm just waiting. Like, when's the release date and all the things? And so I'm kind of in that and that like limbo period where I'm really excited I get to talk about it, but I like can't wait till people actually have it in their hands. Yeah. 
And what's so cool is when this episode is released, people are going to be able to get it in their hands. So I think it's really cool for them to get to hear kind of that in-between stage, right? Because often you hear people that are like, you know, this is my book. It's out into the world. But as we're talking about this, you're like, this is the weird in-between stage where I've written the book. I've like gone through all of the emotions of just like putting the book actually out there. You're talking about trauma and self-love and all of these like really deep topics um, that we'll dive into. But now it's done. And now then you're going to get to have this other side where you're like people's reactions to Mm -hmm. the book, which is wild to kind of be in that like in-between stage. So I love that we get to chat about it right now, which is so cool. I know. That is cool. It'll be fun to listen to this like when it's out. I'm going to go listen to this episode. What did I say? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for anyone that's not familiar with your backstory, kind of how did you get into the entrepreneurial space? Tell us about Girl Talk, just everything. Give us us kind of the rundown. For sure. So I feel like truly I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like when I was little, my dad was an entrepreneur. So I watched him and I would like, you know, when you act things out, I would like pretend that I had my like own business in his office or like everyone with the lemonade stand, like all the things that you do when you're little. Um, I also didn't, I didn't, you know, like I didn't know what that meant. I didn't, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be. I just knew that I wanted to help people. And so I ended up like, always thinking I'm going to run my own business, not knowing what that meant. And then I went in to study psychology because I'm like, Oh, I'll have my own business. I like helping people. I literally went and spent so much money and time in school. And right before I was going to be going into my PhD, I quit and moved to LA. And that's when I actually really started like my entrepreneur quote unquote journey. Um, but yeah, it's been super, super wild. And I had a few years in LA just the quick backstory, a few years in LA, like doing anything that I could to survive. Like it's, it's expensive here. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going back. I'm making this happen. So I would drive around in like my beat up car, selling credit card machines, like doing anything possible to be able to pay my rent. Yeah. And I got a job in downtown at the fashion district doing marketing. And then from there, I actually started my own PR and marketing company and learned all these things of like how to brand and how to promote yourself and all the things. And then I started doing really good at it. Like I was making a living. It was fun. I was meeting all these people, but I was building like all these brands for other people and not myself. So that's when I'm like, all right, what do I really want to be doing? And I realized I wanted to build my own brand. And it's pretty crazy because when I was 15, totally a testament to just like growing up an entrepreneur family, I wrote out my first business plan. (laughs) And that business plan is like, a lot more advanced is what I'm doing now at Girl Talk, which is events, programs, like, you know, the same mission as Empower Her, just to lift women up for all of us to have a chance for, you know, it, it's really not the like new way. It's actually how we're supposed to be operating as women, but for all of us to lift each other up and just live life the way that we want to and have that permission. It It's so crazy when you look back, because I think a lot of, you know, even women that are listening to this right now, they might be in a season where they're making this transition and they're like, is this ever going to make sense, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm navigating this. I was dealt this curveball. This didn't work out. This feels like a dead end. And it's cool to see, like to hear the backstory of how someone got to where they're at. And obviously, I mean, I'm sure your mindset is like, I'm just warming up on all of the impacts that I'm going to make and I'm just starting. But it's like, you know, some of the the transitions that you've gone through that then have led to the lessons that you needed to learn, which now are qualifying you to handle what's coming next, which is so 
so beautiful. And I want to kind of dig into like leaving school real quick, because I think there's a lot of people that are maybe going down a path where they're like, this is what people expect of me, or I've put in X amount of years. I can't possibly change my mind now. So what did it feel like, like leaving a program like that? What were people's reactions to it? And how did you process that all? I mean, people thought I was crazy, especially my family. And I thought I was crazy. I'm like, what am I doing? Because you don't know when you're about to make a big jump like that and you don't have a plan, you truly really don't know. But I just wasn't happy and it just kept eating at me. And I'm like, it was to the point where I'm like, I just know I can't do this. Like there's something else. I don't know what it is. And I didn't have like, obviously people around me that like loved me and supported me, but they weren't, they weren't like, yes, you should do this. So it was honestly like, I think back to that so many times. And that's why I also even wrote this book is like, there's going to be times in your life where you get to be brave and you get to be beautifully brave on your own terms because people are not going to understand and they're going to try to talk you out of it because they want to see the best in you. Or maybe there's some people that don't want the best for you and they're just coming straight from their own fears, not even thinking about you. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So let's talk about that because in the book, you do talk about a, a lot of different topics. And I think it's so well-written and designed for people to do that work internally. And like a lot of the questions that you ask and like prompts that you give, which I think is going to be really powerful for people. But let's talk first about change, just navigating change in general. How do you do that for yourself when you're talking with women that are going through a lot of change? Obviously the last like year has been such a curveball year for so many people. Um, How, yeah, how is that kind of, how have you supported yourself when you're navigating change or big decisions in life? Yeah. So, I mean, we're super powerful. Like we're really, really powerful. Like many times we know the answer. Yeah. Like that's why it keeps, that's why it keeps you up at night. That's why you can't stop thinking about it. Like you truly know the answer and that's where you just make a decision. Like I'm going to lose myself in doing everything else that everyone else wants me to do, or I'm going to lose myself and staying in this place, staying in this job, whatever, insert the blank of whatever it is. So it's like, either take a tiny step forward or a big leap into this change or stay where you are, where you know that you are going to be miserable. And then this opportunity that's like kind of calling to you, it's like across the, like it's across the water. Like, Hey, this is why you keep thinking about me. Like I'm over here. You just got to jump on and come over. Um, it's really just like a decision for yourself. Like, yeah, I'm going to do what other people think I should do, or I'm going to do what literally internally that voice that's super powerful, like keeps tugging at me. Yeah. So how do you get more aware of like listening? Because a lot of people say like, follow your gut. And I I have like a very, maybe you do too, like a visceral reaction to things. And I can really trust my own intuition. But when people even ask me like, Keisha, how do you follow your own gut? It's hard for me to articulate how I do that. So I'm curious, how do you help support women that are trying to figure out how to listen to their own inner voice? Yeah, I know. Cause it's like all this junk around us or like other people's things that it's like, feels like, oh, I'm like swimming, like searching for like, where's that thing coming from? Which is your like gut talking to you. It is, it's difficult. But the thing, the thing is, if you do these little practices where you have your own back and you take time for yourself, that's where it starts getting easier because it'd be like a friend that you like, you love your friend, but you don't spend a lot of time with them. You just like text message them. Sometimes you don't really like know them, but if you spend time with them, you're able to like pick up on their energy. You're able to like read them. That's the same way with your relationship with yourself. So if you don't spend a lot of time with yourself, if you don't journal, if you don't have at least like a five minute thing a day and everyone's like, Oh, easier said than done, but it's actually scientifically proven when you do these things 
you'll be able to like call out the voice like, oh yeah, that's my gut telling me no. Yeah. Like you just have to like give yourself that like time with yourself, just like you would with any other relationship. It's so true. And like, we write off this, like, oh, I don't have time. Like, that's the easiest thing to say, but it's like, so you either choose, you don't have time to do this where you spend time with yourself and get to know yourself and, and gain that self-awareness, or you choose, I'm living a life with coulda, woulda, shouldas of all the things that I never listened to my own intuition didn't actually do them. Like, which choice do you want? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. think about it. Then that's like taking all the time in the world because you have all the time of regret. Like I should have done this or you have like all these things that you have to like redo again. It's like you're ultimately actually saving time if you're going to think about it like that. Yeah. OK. I love this. I want to hear just your perspective. And, you know, you talk about in the book, too, of just even alignment in general. Mm-hmm. How do you of the, like the transitions that you've made and the pivots that you've made in your career and in your business, like, how are you figuring out what's aligned for you and how are you deciding this is the next best step for me? Cause sometimes, you know, the feeling of like, especially for women that are entrepreneurial, where you have like 800 million tabs open Mm -hmm. and all of these ideas of things that you want to do. And you're like, ah, what do I do first? Like, what's the next best thing? How have you navigated that with your business and the timing of writing this book? Like, how are you kind of figuring this all out? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was like the story of my life, especially when you're starting out as an entrepreneur. You're like, but I want to do this, a podcast, a book, YouTube, like all the things. (laughs) And I, I definitely struggled with that. And the only way that I was able to get out of it was by going through it. Like, because then I was like, I was so caught up in that I want to do all the things. And I was only focusing on that instead of, again, giving myself time. Like you could save yourself time by just sitting and writing out. Why do I want these things? Like, let's say right now you're listening and there's five things that you keep thinking about. It's like, let me just use like podcast, YouTube, whatever it is. Insert your five things that you know you want to do. Write them down. See how that feels in your body. Like as you're thinking about it, which is always an indicator. It might be like, whoa, that feels overwhelming. It might be like, that feels really exciting. And I would start looking at the one that says really exciting because that's the one that you're going to have success at because you're going to have like the stamina and energy to like go for that and keep up with it. Because sometimes we think we want, you're, yeah, you're like, yes, like right now, like yeah. we think we have to do the thing, but it's actually not even going to work for us because we don't really want to do it. We just think we have to. Yeah. That, that right there could just be like a bumper sticker. <laughs> like just everybody needs that reminder, like, are you doing it because you want to actually be doing it? Or do you think that you have to be doing it because your body knows. And I love that you talk about that in the book too, of just like self-care in general, like does involve like doing that hard work, but also like making that time for yourself so you can actually trust your own intuition and trust that knowing when the world is telling you like everything else that you should be doing. So I love that the, the theme throughout the whole book. So Okay. Tell me why now, why writing this book, like of all the different times that you could have done it. uh, Why now? Yeah. So exactly like what we're talking about. I always knew, even when I was little, I knew that I wanted to write a book. I'm so excited about writing more than one book. So I knew that I would, but it just never felt right. And I also had to ask myself like, does it not feel right right now? Or am I, am I scared? So that's another question that I always ask. And then you get clear, like, no, it just really doesn't feel right right now. Um, honestly, how long, so I started girl talk in like 2015, 16, and then I started writing this book, 2019, maybe the process started. So I, I finally was just ready, like not in a way of like that. I was holding back. I'm like, 
no, I want to genuinely have my like business be working and in a certain place right here so that I can put most of my time into this book. It's the first permanent piece of content that I've ever done. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't go back and like erase, alt, delete something. (laughs) I know, which makes it feel like really real, right? So, so when you think about it, and even when you say like permanent piece of content, like how that like feels, what comes up for you right now in real time? Like thinking about that it's permanent. Oh my gosh. I just got chills right now. when I said that at the time when I started actually realizing that that was the whole process that I had to like, I was feeling all the things, like everything that you feel like doubt, like this is insane. Like I've never put out a permanent piece of content. Like when I, when that, like, obviously that's the truth with books, but somewhere along the line, like after I was editing and I really like like, that thought clicked, I was like, holy. (laughs) So I had like a couple of days with that. Yeah. And I went through the process of it's a part of my own evolution. Like, you know, I know that this book will be something that will be a book for people through the years. I know it's a book of a lifetime. And I also know that I will evolve as a person and I'll have other, like I'm multifaceted. We all are. So I sort of like went through the process of like, my mind is like exploding. Like, can I do this? So like, acceptance and being like, this is actually amazing. And then just realizing what it is just like with anything. So, um, that was just like, kind of like a mind, a whole mind thing in itself. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think it's powerful for people to hear that because it's like, regardless of where you're at in your career, that's the kind of the goal, right? Is that you have these things that come up that you have to navigate through. So that's how you grow and that's how you get better. And sometimes I think when people run into that friction or like, Ooh, like what is going on in my body? Like all of that. They think that that means that it's the wrong path. Mm -hmm. So how have you been able to identify like, this is not the wrong path that I'm making this choice. Even if these thoughts of like, who am I to do this? Or like, holy crap, what are people going to think of this or whatever? When those thoughts come up, how do you know when to push through um, and keep going? Like, how are you kind of, I guess, supporting yourself when you're in those seasons? Yeah. So it's just the same thing about having a relationship with yourself. Like if your partner or your friend came to you and was having all these doubts or clients, like you wouldn't just be like, Oh no, like just like brush it aside, like keep going. Like it's literally the same way that you would treat someone that you care about. So it's first of all, having the awareness. It's like, all right, something is like either, you know, something feels an X way inside. Like, is it a lesson? Is it something that I need to clear? Is it a message? Like, just asking yourself those questions and journaling, like honestly, journaling is amazing. I know everyone talks about journaling, but that's ultimately like your relationship time with yourself. That's where you're talking with yourself. And when you write things down, you get so much clarity. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So obviously your entire like brand and everything that you've built has been so much around empowering women and community. So we need to just like talk about all of that. We need to talk about how like, how has this been something that's been on your heart? Like why? So like, I want to know the backstory of like why you wanted to do this and then how important have, you know, has cultivating female friendships been for you in your life to get you where you are and to get you to the happiness and fulfillment that you have in your life? Cause I think it's so important. You yeah, know? I actually, and I'm sure all of your audience already knows this, but I've been wanting to hear your why too, cause empower her and that I really resonate with that. But for me, um, I grew up with no sisters. Like I was the only woman in my family. And um, I, on my dad's side of the family, they're very, they're like very old school thinking. Like 
they think I'm crazy. Like they, they like love me, but they're just like a woman's not an entrepreneur. A woman's not this. They had a lot of the old school way of thinking. Whereas I like knew who I was inside and was very strong in who I was. So I had like a lot of friction um, as when I was younger due to that. And then I didn't really have like that nurturing um, nurturing figure to be like, yeah, you can go for it, do it. Like my mom always believed in me so much, but she also like didn't have that confidence in herself. So not only that, but I was also sexually assaulted when I was younger and at the same time was badly bullied. So I think all of these experiences that I had just cultivated my strength in, a, in different ways and had me care so much about the well-being and empowerment of women. Um, I just had my dad out here for the weekend and we have a challenging relationship. He's my biggest teacher. And I was reminded with some of his comments, like how I've become who I, who I've become. And I actually like, wow, they could be a little triggering. I was grateful yeah. for that because of how passionate I am about empowering women, women having self-empowerment and women supporting each other because they're like, it is, it is like, so true. And you know, this in your own community, how powerful it is when there's one powerful woman, but when there's 10, it's like yeah. takes on a life of its own. And it's so hard for people to be what they can't see. So it's like, you weren't given, it's, it's so cool that you weren't given that example yet inside you were like, there is something here that like is telling me this is what I need to be. And despite you know, these experiences, you made the meaning of those experiences to be, this has only more equipped me to, to further my message, to connect more deeply with people. And that is so powerful. And I think it's a really, like, even just what you said of your dad is your biggest teacher, like people that tiny, but so freaking powerful reframe is everything. Because mm -hmm. often we say like, that's our most challenging relationship. This person doesn't understand me. And like, we want to make it like that person doesn't get me. So I have to be alone. But instead you're like, what can I learn from this? How can this deepen my mission of why I'm actually here? And Sarah, that is like, I love that about you. I think that's so incredible and such a testimony of like what you've been able to do and cultivate is not because you got lucky or even because you worked hard, but because it's very aligned and it's deep rooted in why you're doing what you're doing. So can you take us back even, let's go, go back. I'm hopping around a lot because I'm just like yeah. thinking of things randomly, but when you first started Girl Talks, so there's a lot of women in this community that are either in the beginning stages of starting their own community or they have this like vision on their heart that they want to do something like that, whether it's in the membership space or events or whatever it may be. Yeah. When you first decided to do Girl Talk, what did the beginning stages of that actually look like for you? Yeah, I'll totally say that. And I will say like, if you go back and read my things from when I first started Girl Talk, like you'll see that I'm almost processing. Like I'm processing yeah. the things that I've been through. I was processing that when I first started Girl Talk, I didn't have a huge group of supportive female entrepreneur friends. Like yeah. I was very lonely. So if you look at a lot of things that people want to create or what they have created when they're starting out, it was almost like my own therapy. Like yeah. I really did truly, like it could be cliche and everyone says it, but I really did create what I wish that I would have had Yep. And again, and this is another reason as to why, you know, I've developed this process that I talk about in the book and what I use in general is that for me up until the last couple of years, I just kept getting to my breaking point and then I would make a decision. Mm. Now I'm very like, I know how to read my like body and I trust it. And I've had all those moments like, dang it. I knew that, you know, like how many, how many times have we been like, I knew not to do that. Yep. 
Like I knew that. It's like a red flag is like, fine. You're like, let's just do it anyway. Like, why? (laughs) No, no, no. It's fine. I don't see you. Like I'm going to do it anyway. So I had plenty of those moments where I was just like, okay, not anymore. But when I first started Girl Talk, it was again, like I was working, 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 getting like a great paycheck, but I didn't feel like really excited about anything. I'm like, I moved out to LA. Like I don't have like something of my own. I'm doing stuff for all these other people. And it was just like where I came to my breaking point. And I actually just was like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, like I've learned things. I'm capable. I can find the answers. Like, even though I don't know the how, like, let's just take this one step at a time. And that's where I was like, all right, how do I start this thing? Like, is it a program? Like, I don't know. I started Instagram. I had 500 followers and I'm like, it's going to be an event. And instead of like comparing myself and looking what everyone online was doing and being like, I have to have that 2000 person event. Like that's what it has to be. I was just like, all right, I'm going to start in my community because I'm going to start with what I have. Yep. And I had an event, a 200 women um, event in Manhattan beach. And I literally went door to door, like telling people about it, getting my friends involved and went completely old school yeah. and started it that way. So cool. So it started in 2015 with this idea and like trying to figure out, okay, what do I want? I'm going to create what I wish existed. Let me create this like female event. So you do this event. That was the first iteration of it. And then how has it evolved since then? Yeah, it's so crazy because I just looked at the date and actually, so I started this, I decided in 2015, December, and I had my first event, April 23rd, 2016. I'm like, oh, it's April. Like, I just so crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so crazy. So I, again, oh yeah. What were you April, say? April is like an amazing April is when I left the corporate world. My last corporate mm. job was at Google April 10th of 2015. So wow. we're like kind of on the same wavelength here. Okay. So yeah. we got this event and now we're, we're moving. So how did that evolve then after the event? Yeah. So I, again, I didn't know. I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I also had a nonprofit tied to it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go travel. Like what I want to do is to make a difference. And truly serve women. So I started doing a big event like this every six months. And then every three months I would go to colleges and speak to women because that's where I kind of found my empowerment was, which was in college. So I was not going off like the specific blueprint. I was just following like what I wish I would have had. Yeah. And then I got a little burned out because I'm having events six, every six months and three months, like at colleges in different cities. And that's when I started seeking out like mentors that I trusted and really studying like, what can I do next? Like what, what ways can I empower myself to actually have the financial freedom so that I can make more of a difference? I had the mindset then as like, let me burn myself out and give, 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 give. But when you have a nonprofit, it is difficult to financially be able to sustain that. So I went through the whole like money mindset and being financially independent as a woman and realizing the more the money that I made, the more of a difference I can make. Yes. I hope you are vibing with today's episode with Sarah. We're about to dive into the topic of money mindset, which I think is so juicy. But first, I wanted to thank the sponsor of today's show, which is Organifi. If you've ever heard me talk about Organifi, you know I'm obsessed with their entire line. They've got supplements. They've got plant-based nutrition, superfood teas. They have an amazing protein powder. I love their green juice. They've got all sorts of high-quality products with high-quality ingredients at a really great 
price to help support you in your health goals. And I want you to feel excited about your life. I want you to feel energized. And so much of that comes from how we're fueling ourselves, right? So if you are interested in checking out Organifi and any of their products, as a listener of this show, you get 20% off any item in their store. You can just head to Organifi.com slash Keisha and use code Keisha for 20% off. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Keisha. Check out all of their stuff and then DM me on Instagram like so many of you do after you check them out and you're like, what? This is so good. This protein is incredible. I love this, you know, Harmony, their hot chocolate drink that's for hormone balancing or you love the greens. Like you are going to vibe with these products. So definitely let me know what you think when you check them out. And without further ado, let's dive right back in. That right there, can we just like dig into that for a second? Because I think a lot of people struggle with money mindset. So the store, like, so give us the first money narrative and kind of like how you actually evolved that. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a ton of different beliefs um, from my family, like beliefs that weren't even mine. My mom, her and I always talk about it. I'm supporting her now through it. She had like a deep scarcity that came from generations that weren't even hers. And my dad, though he was an entrepreneur, he was scared to take risks. So I always saw him like, almost about to like, just about to make it every single time. So for me, I kind of was like, I'm just going to take risks and go all in. So I kept going in all into all these things. And then realizing I didn't have like an actual intention, like you get to go all in, but have an actual intention. So I just started working on my money mindset being like, I'm so over like hearing like people like us don't like make money like that. Like, you know, if you're rich, you have more pro like, I just would hear that over and over from my environment. And I just que- started questioning that. Like, do I even really believe that? Mm-hmm. And I kind of find some people to like talk to that have different beliefs. And I kind of went into this discovery phase of it. And that's like when a light bulb really, really, really during my discovery with my money mindset, the light bulb went out when I was like so tired and burned out. And I literally was like looking for money to be able to travel to the next school. Yeah. It's so important for people to hear that too, because like the, the mission that you have, you literally can't sustain it without the income to support you, to get you there. But then also the contribution that you want to make. So to the woman listening to this, who has a dream on her heart or a vision, and you're, you're worried about like charging money or you're worried about making money. Like you hear what Sarah's saying, right? Like you, it's so deep rooted that it's this impactful mission that you have. But if you're not making money to take care of yourself and then to be able to give it, like, I mean, you can't sustain it anyway. So who's going to do that work if you can't monetize it? So it's really powerful that you had that realization. And now you've taught a lot of people because you have done courses around money mindset and things of that sort. So it's cool to think that you've taken everything that you're going through and then used the lessons that you've learned to serve people. Like that's the ultimate gift. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think about, especially for you're saying the women that are listening, I always think about the both and like your time directly one-on-one, like serving women with your gifts. Like that's a lot of value. That's a lot of energy. That's an energy exchange. Money is an energy exchange. So if you have a higher priced thing where people are going to invest in themselves and therefore if they invest, they're going to try even harder in that program, have that and then have something lower. So that's like, everyone has an opportunity I'm all about that both and and like everything that I do as much as possible. Yeah, so cool. Okay, so you've got this, the events that you're doing with Girl Talk, you've got the nonprofit where you're, you know, working at colleges and then how did it kind of evolve from there? What came next? Yeah, so then I had a membership, which I have so many like lessons and all the things from that. I had a membership 
And from there, I started doing coaching. Like I did small group coaching, one-on-one coaching, learned all the things that we're talking about with like charging and all, all of that. And you're also very deep in other people's money mindset because they're investing in themselves. And sometimes when we invest in ourselves, the real work right after is within that week because you have those like doubts and like, or you'll be like, oh, I finally did something for myself. And you'll see all these opportunities pop up. So there was a lot of that. And that's where I started to realize what else do I want Girl Talk to be? And I created this festival. And now what I'm mostly focused on is my book and I have courses and I have an amazing mastermind. And what's next for me is more books. And I love my mastermind because it serves women at a really high level. And then TV stuff, like I just, it keeps growing, but I've tried and done everything. And I think that you can empower yourself to try different things because that's how you know if you if you what you want to do and what you like and it's okay if you do some sort of program that quote unquote doesn't do well you learn you do it again or you decide actually i'm going to do it a different way that is more aligned with really what i'm thinking yes and giving yourself that permission that like nothing has to be permanent it's like you try something maybe you like it for a season and then you don't like it anymore. So you just change your mind and do something else. But you take what you learned and apply that to the next thing. I love it. I love, I love. I just think that message is really simple, but it's not always implemented because mm-hmm. people get so scared of like, what if this fails? Well, maybe it failed because it was supposed to fail and you were supposed to learn something from that. So you could take that to the next thing. So, oh, yeah. so powerful. Um, okay. I want to talk more about the book, but first I think it would be really powerful if you could share about your like, trauma that you went through, um, when you were 19. Yeah. 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 So, um, when I was, so probably let's see in elementary school, I was bullied a lot. So that was in itself its own trauma. And that's where I kind of felt misunderstood and not a part of something, which I really carried that with myself up until probably the last four years. So I really carried that throughout my life. And then when I went away to school at 19, I was raped and I didn't tell anyone about it. I just like kept going, like went through, I don't even know how, I, I didn't even process it. Probably I really didn't process it until I created Girl Talk. So Girl Talk really was my outlet for so much healing. Um, and in the in the moment, I really like hit it and pretended that it didn't happen and had that whole, like that whole conversation with myself that it was my fault and all of those things. And it wasn't till my events started giving back to the next generation or other women that had been sexually assaulted that I started to really process and dive into like my own experience. And when I started openly sharing it, that's when I started healing and becoming more empowered around it. But I mean, it definitely wasn't easy and it was something that I shut off for for years. Yeah. So when that, so you, do you feel like you remember making a conscious choice of like, I'm going to just like shove this to the side. I'm not going to process this now. Or like after that, for anyone that has gone through trauma, I feel like there's so much need to like get support from counselors and therapists and like just get help and get support that you need. But I think it's also really powerful to hear from someone who's been through something like that of what was it like after that traumatic experience happened? Like did you just decide to block it out? Or do you remember making a conscious decision of doing that? Yeah, I remember um, feeling bad about myself afterwards, like yeah. somewhere like, how, how was I responding? Like 
the conversations of how was I responsible or like I had like, I think I had a drink that night. Like, um, I knew the person. And so all of those things, I'm like, was this like the whole conversations, like, was this rape? Was this assault? Like all those things. Cause it also wasn't as widely talked about as, as it is now where you, I just truly didn't know what to do or who to talk to. And then I, yeah, I was like, I'm just going to push this aside and pretend that it didn't happen. Yeah. And then once you started to talk about it and like really just share and, and see how many women, like, I mean, it's devastating and so sad, but so many women that have experienced similar or, you know, their own versions of things like that. Did that make you feel more supported and like not alone then? Was that kind of the takeaway from it? Yeah. Because I also had like the story of if I told anyone, I didn't want people to feel bad for me. So that was like the one piece before I shared it. I didn't want anyone to like look at me different or think that I wasn't strong or all those conversations that I had going on. That's were obviously coming from the 19 year old inside, not the what like maybe I was like late twenties when I was finally talking about it. Um, so I went through that little, that process. And then it was when I shared it, it was a release, like a release of like, Oh, you're, you're showing up for yourself. Like you had something terrible happen to you and you've never told anyone about it. You're just like putting this energy inside yourself. So there was that release. And it was so crazy because my very best friends that I spent every single day with, some of them had had the same experience and we were literally growing up alongside each other and not telling anyone what we were going through. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then when you know how much pain that like, oh gosh, it's just like someone can give themselves a permission slip right now that's listening to this of like share it with like someone at least, right? Because you don't even know. Like I, I would imagine when you realize that people that you are close with have gone through these experiences and then you all had to go through it alone when you could have shared it with each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we had text conversations. Like I literally text one of my friends when, cause I had shared it and she hadn't shared hers back yet. And then she did later on. And I was like, we were best friends. Like we spent every day together and we were internally suffering through the exact same thing. I had never talked about it. I like, I get chills when I'm talking about it. I do not want another woman to have to experience this, like whatever we can do to continue to talk about it and know that it is way more common than it's not so that people can heal and like know that it's not their fault and start like knowing that they can talk and share and do something about what happened to them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's what, it, do you feel like those experiences are why like this has been a, a theme of even like the depth of your book, right? Is like you want people to acknowledge their own trauma. Like, can you talk to us about kind of that experience in general of like acknowledging trauma and like working through it and why this is so important to you? Obviously personal experience, but like even some of the tools that you provide to people. Cause I think it's really powerful for people to hear that. Yeah. So the thing that I love is that in the book, like um, chapter two, the science of happiness, I talk about all the science behind all of these things and also like practical tools that you can begin doing literally that day. Because I think it's important because people, you know, like do this or they think journaling and they're like, oh, whatever, what does journaling really do when people know the scientific facts in a fun way? Because I'm not sitting here like, you know, it's I've really walked everyone through this journey. So where they could read the book on a journey, but also go back to a certain section of the book when they're going through something in that moment. 
And the reason why I wrote this book was because of that, because I didn't have the tools to handle so many things that um, happened when I was younger. And now I have the tools and I use them now and I want to share them with other people and also share why it's important and how you can do it. Um, So that's basically like the reason why I even wrote the book and why I have like these little tools, but it really all comes down to if I could say one thing about it is having a relationship with yourself. Yeah. Which is just like such a core theme throughout it. But I think what you said too, and like people need to hear this because this is the type of book where you're not just going to read through the book and then you're like, whoa, that was a great book. Like, let me tell, tell a friend about it. It's like, you're going to read a section and you're going to think of someone who you feel like needs that section. And I think like you said, it's like, why it will be a book for the times is because people will be able to go back to it when like a different trauma or a different like change that they're navigating through or like a new season where maybe they're becoming a new mom and they have to learn what self-love looks like in this season or when your kids are taught like it's just there's so many ways that you can like the way that you broke it down I think is very tactical and the science for the people that are a little more like analytical or want the you know they don't want just the woo they want like the science behind it too it's like this is gonna be a book for everyone like I love the way that you wrote it because it's gonna change so many people's lives because of the different elements of it you know Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I felt that that was important. And it's also important, like, it's important to know why of things. Like, why am I going to dedicate two minutes of my life every day to this one thing? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's important. And I hadn't, I didn't see like a guidebook that was unconventional and, and like put together like that anywhere. Yeah. I think it's such a driver for people to listening to this. If you have an idea of like something that's you know, there's been tons of books written about similar topics, but they haven't been written by you. Just like there's lots of podcasts out there. One of the reasons I started Empower Her is like, I didn't feel like there were personal growth space like podcasts that felt like they were more come with me versus like, look at me. I'm a couple years ahead. Let me tell you all the way. It's like, let's freaking figure this out together. So when it stems from something that you're like, it's already been done, but it hasn't been done in this way. This format is going to resonate with some people on such a deep level, even if they've read books about similar topics, which I think is really important for people to remember that. So, okay. Obviously, Sarah, you're like the queen of female community and everything that you've done with Girl Talk and how this has evolved into your book and your masterminds and all this stuff that you're doing. Talk about female friendships in general. How do... How do people cultivate friendships? How have you done that? How have you been so intentional about curating an environment of people around you that are supportive and conducive to your growth? Like give us kind of all, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a journey too. Cause like, if you've, if you had, you know, jealous friendships in the past or had been bullied, there's a lot of trust issues. So I had that, even though I, I craved female connections so much, I also was scared And so what the thing for me was that I just wouldn't, I wasn't letting go of these friendships that I may have like outgrown in some ways. Um, So that's kind of what right before I started Girl Talk, like that's where I was at. So basically when I kind of left this friendship group that I was in, because they just thought I was weird when I wanted to talk about all the things that we're talking about right now. And I was like, wow, I'm like totally misunderstood. And I'm about to jump ship into this whole new career and put myself out into the world. Like it was a wild a wild ride for me. But with that, with me answering those like little calls or tugs or whatever you want to call it, I was able to step into girl talk. And that's where I met so many of my best friends that 
are just like me. Like we jam on what we're talking about right now. Like we genuinely like don't have, don't have jealousy and want to see each other win. And if jealousy or comparison ever shows up, we talk to each other about it. It's not like this, we're not going to be friends anymore type of thing. And I, I was just like, wow, I had a really lonely, tough year starting out and being an entrepreneur and kind of like slowly stepping away from this friendship group that I had, but it was so worth it what I stepped into. And the thing that I think is that when you're feeling unseen in a group or if you're feeling misunderstood, that's not your group and that's okay. And that's where I started giving myself permission. It doesn't mean that I don't like someone. Like even when I like meet someone, I'm like, our energy is just, I don't feel my best when I'm around them and they might not feel their best when they're around me and that's okay. So I started giving permission to that. And really paying attention. Yeah. Like paying attention to like, whose energy do I love to be around? Same as, as, as a partner. Like we put all of these like ways of dating and like meeting someone. And like, that's why I'm saying like, we need to do that for ourselves, for ourselves. And also the way that we cultivate and have friendships around us. Yeah. It's so funny when you think about it, where like, if someone's dating someone and they, and you break up, it's like, oh, we just went different ways. And there's, that's kind of the end of it. But it's it's almost like we don't have that dialogue around female friendships either, where it's like, no, there's literally nothing wrong. There was no big fight. It's just, we're kind of like doing our own thing. We still love each other from afar, whatever. There's no, it's just funny that we don't have these conversations enough just about cultivating friendships where girls make it seem so weird as if it's like, oh my gosh, I need to make new friends. But it's like, you have to make friends that look more like the future, like of where you're going versus just the past because you've had all of this experience with them. So when you were navigating, like knowing I need to cultivate new friendships that are going kind of more this direction, what did that actually look like? Because I think there's a lot of women listening to this that are like, I want to create more friendships with people that are more like-minded like me, but I feel quote unquote, like guilty of like leaving someone behind or like, because I've been friends with Sally Sue since third grade or whatever. How did you navigate your feelings about that? And what, like, even like, what was the dialogue like? Like, what did the transition actually look like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, that's always like the, the toughest part because we're like, oh, we're leaving someone behind. We're going to hurt someone's feelings. There's going to be drama. Like, how do you like break up with a friend? But that's where you kind of do like your own self-development work. And you're like, am I even a good friend to this person? Like, I'm going to hang out with them because I feel like I have to, but like, how is that even fair to them? Yeah. It's, you know, like it's those things where I started realizing like, I'm being a super big downer, like going to these dinners because I have to but I'm not even being fun and they can read my energy. Maybe they don't quite understand. So it was more also taking responsibility for my like side of the street. And I will say, and I wrote about this in the book, like I did not exit one of those friendship groups. I totally ghosted. And because I still didn't have those tools, that was like my last thing to learn, like the female wounds and friendships, even though my whole brand was about that, because that's what I truly cared about and needed. And I remember like, I kept going to the dinner. I would try to say something and speak up to myself. Like, Hey guys, like, I don't really want to talk about this anymore. We've talked about this 20 times and it's not going anywhere. Like, could we talk about this? No, that's weird. Sarah, you're so weird. And like gossip behind my back. And instead of just kind of, you know, saying like taking a stand for myself. And in some cases, words aren't necessary. I just like ghosted because I wasn't being brave enough to say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And I'm no longer gonna like be a part of this. Yeah, which is, it's it's so hard to do, but so necessary because now you can say like, 
to someone who's in that transition of trying to like really just like curate a more supportive friend group and be the type of friend that you want to have. Right. And I think acknowledging that too, that it's like, you think you're quote unquote, leaving someone behind, but really that's just a story that you're telling yourself. They want to be where they're at. And if you don't want to be there, it's not beneficial for anyone. It's like breaking up with like the guy or girl that you know is not right for you because you know that they need, they deserve to be with someone better. That's more aligned for them. Just like you do too. That's more aligned for you. So I love that of like the ownership, right? Because often it's like, it's so easy to point the finger at someone else. And instead it's like, flip it back around and point it at yourself and say like, what can I actually own in this? And then you like snatch your power back, you know? Yeah, totally. And um, I don't know how long it was after I reached out to the to one of them specifically and totally took ownership for my part. She didn't take ownership. She didn't say, a, she didn't give me an apology, but I feel clean. Yep. Because I did. And I yep. don't need her apology. Like I was like, hey, this is what, this is where, what I, this is what I can take responsibility for. Yeah. And it's also that inventory check, that time with yourself where you're like, hey, are these friends just literally not growing with me? Or maybe do they want to? They just, they need some support. So let me give them that invitation. So you give them the invitation and it's up to them what they do with it. It's just that inventory check because every situation, every relationship, every single thing is not the exact same. So true. And like another thing that's always worked really well for me is thinking about like how I feel when I leave someone. Because if I feel like I'm drained and I'm running on fumes, I'm like, this is not a relationship that I want to pour time into. But if I just feel like I'm excited about life and I feel passionate, I'm like, that is such an indicator. And it's so simple. But if you actually follow it and kind of like use it like a compass, it's powerful. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you said that because that's why I would have guilt because I would, and I didn't realize I didn't have the awareness back then. Like I'd feel so drained. Then I started to realize what you were saying. And then again, I was being hard on myself while I'm being judgmental. It's like, it's okay. That doesn't mean that person's a bad person. Yeah. Your energies just don't mix. And somebody might feel really excited after being with that person. It's just not you, right? And that's totally cool to each their own. I love that. Okay. Or so they might yeah. walk away from you and be super excited, but you're drained. So that's cool. Like you were given your <laughs> best energy, but like, it's that just is a, the truth. That's yeah. so true. Finding people that are at the same frequency, which is also back to the book. It's like, this is why self-care and the relationship with yourself is such a through line for everything. Because if you don't know yourself and you don't know what you need to do to take care of yourself and to show up in the highest like vibration that you want to vibrate at, you're not going to attract the right people. You're not going to attract the right things into your life. And you're not going to be able to feel confident in making those right decisions for you to go make your impact in whatever way that is. So I love that you focus so much on that. So what is the biggest thing from the book creating this book, um, putting it out there that you want people to leave? Like what's the, what's the feeling that you want people to have when they read the book? When they read the book? I know I've, I've thought about it as a journey, like from the minute that you pick it up, it's just like such a beautiful inviting book. I want, um, my vision for it was for whoever buys it to pick it up and feel really empowered and be like, I actually said yes to something for myself. Like in this book, is myself. Like what I'm going to do for myself from now on, it's something I can have on my coffee table. That's why I made it so beautiful or on your shelf where you feel excited to like have it out and have it be a guide where you're like, I am going through something right now. I need some tools. I need like a, like a pep talk or a reminder and that you can go to that and get that. It almost feels like it's like 
just with you. Like it's an energy in itself. Like it's just really there to empower you and also remind you of who you are. And it's also like, I think the vibe of it that I like to think of books is like, it is like a girlfriend chatting with you, like in your sweatpants and no bra on like with, you know, a glass of wine where it like just feels like it's more like a friend chatting with you, that type of dialogue that always really resonates with me because I'm like, oh, I feel so seen and understood. And then even having like some of the questions and the prompts that come up with it, I can picture two girls sitting next to each other that are just going through some crap, asking themselves these questions and having like really cool, meaningful conversations because it's gotten their mind to start thinking about some of these questions that we forget to ask ourselves when we feel like life feels heavy. So it's going to be such a release for people. Like, how cool is this, Sarah? I know it's like how you and I are talking or how like like our friendships that we've cultivated. It's like that, like, it's also like a movement to where two girlfriends can sit down together and just like have those tools. And like, exactly. I just want like what I've been able to cultivate in my life, what you've been able to cultivate in your life. I want that for everyone. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. I have two random questions for you before we close this thing out. So number one, if you're feeling kind of funky, like in a low vibe mood, what do you do to lift yourself up and like get out of that funk and take action or whatever it is that you need to do? I go into nature. Yeah. I live like two blocks from the beach. So I literally go take a walk, put my feet in the sand. And I say for anyone that doesn't live by the beach, like if you just put your feet on the ground and get outside and then if the funk doesn't go away, that's where I start doing like the prompts and the processes of like what what's up right now. Yep. So good. And it it's one of those things that again is so simple, but if you actually do it, it changes the entire game. Just like get yourself outside. It's everything. Um, okay. We also have a Spotify playlist for this podcast. It's oh. called empower her pump up jams. Yeah. So every guest that's on, we have to add a song that makes you kind of want to like shake your booty, just like a song that gives you some high vibe energy. What song would you like to add? <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like I needed like a, like a pre-warning. Yeah, I, oh. So much pressure, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just whatever first song, like if you're like, I need to just like dance, I need to just shake my butt. What's a song that comes to mind? Don't worry. It's not pressure of like the best song, just whatever, yes, whatever you feel. <laughs> when you said that, like Beyonce came to my mind. Yeah. Cause she's just like everything. So yeah, I, I feel cool. you on that. Okay. Well, add a little <laughs> Beyonce for Sarah. Yeah. And then, okay. Where can people find you? Where can we connect with you? Where can we get the book? Give us all that. Cause this is a really fun week for you. Like the episode is releasing on the week that your book is birthed out into the world. Let's make sure everybody gets it. Tell them where. Woo, you're so amazing. I love you. <laughs> you, I mean, it's sold where all books are sold in any store, but um, beautifullybravebook.com can jump over there. And then I love Instagram. I'm always jamming with you on Instagram. Your stories are hilarious. Um, my Instagram is at Sarah Pendrick and then it's girltalknetwork.org is our website. So good. Okay. And any last little thing, I don't like to say the best piece of advice, but any type of advice that you want to give to a woman who's just navigating a lot right now that just needs a little, a little Sarah nugget from you. Yeah. I would say, especially if you're navigating a right, a lot right now, that's like your body's message to you is that you need a day to yourself. Like you do need to, you do get to, I'm not just like plugging my book, but dive into beautifully brave, pick a chapter, see what, what's open and give yourself that gift because we can just go on overdrive and get overwhelmed. And the only thing that we really need is our selves need attention from ourselves. And that's it. 
So good. Ah, oh, I just love you and your energy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Everyone go get her book. Take us when you resonate with this episode. And thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate you, girl. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.